Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Now a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check out this and countless other great fantasy sports podcasts over at FullTimeFantasy.com, at FullTimeFantasy on Twitter, and always you can follow your boys at the Asylum, AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter, and if you want to be part of the mailbag tomorrow, for the love of God, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. Get them in. Rick, three weeks in the books. I feel like I know less now than I knew in August, i got to be honest. Yeah, there's no question about that, Rick, and I'll get to that once we get to the takeaways. But, uh, yeah, welcome to the Asylum. We are Fligger Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show on the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. And like Rick said, uh, right before we went on the air, let's do a bad show. Yeah, so, uh what we do. Yeah, hey, we're dead day late dollar short already so we're ready to go yeah yeah a little late here i got some things going on in the background ever looking at the schedule try to get back on track with wednesday night next week but this will be good we'll hurry (laughs) you love that button the, the ghost sound but we have to uh you know get this thing in we'll get it posted you can listen to it right before thursday night football as this thing gets recorded what is it rick about 5 30 thursday night so you'll have it in plenty of time to get caught up before the thursday night football game all right rick let's get into it the shot heard round the world the world wept this saquon barkley out four to eight weeks with that high ankle sprain good news is looking like surgery isn't going to be necessary but all accounts seem to be he's going to be closer to the eight game side of that four to eight that's that's a bad bad deal that's a bad high ankle sprain and boy i tell you you talk about sharks around a dead carcass of going after wayne gallman oh my (laughs) god but um, you see no, people just, spending up to seventy five percent of their right. free agent, but let's not forget he's not very good. No. He, he's worth picking up and owning, or would have uh, was a good handcuff just based on volume. Right, right. There, there's nobody else that he's going to get the volume. He's not very good. Let's just be honest. I'm sure he's a great guy. Comes from a great family. I'm certain of all of that. I don't want to cast aspersions. He's not my very good in that NFL running back. No, and if anyone you know thought they were even going to get close to Barkley numbers, don't. But like you said, if you're out of Barkley, you know you need volume. You need somebody right. that's going to be getting the carry. So I mean, you probably would have been wise to have him handcuffed anyway. But you know, it's it's tough to waste a pick on a Goldman instead of like an Eckler, right? You know right. what I'm saying? Or even a Geo Bernard who's having a rotten year this year so far. But, yeah, I mean, a Gallman is an afterthought. You just don't even think about somebody like that. But, you know, quickly, as you know, you're in it too, the Scott Fishbowl. And it's, for anybody who's not familiar with it, it's 1,200 so-called experts, fans alike, that uh, Scott Fish puts up for charity. Great tournament. Two-quarterback league. So far, I have lost Saquon Barkley. I have lost Antonio Brown. I have lost Drew Brees, and I have lost Eli Manning. So, other than that, how's it going? Yeah, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Right? But uh, oh it, it's I could almost write 2019 off. Yeah, I think it might be time to just uh, go ahead and shut it down. So, yeah, rough deal. I mean, those those free agent pickups haven't been made, so not a lot to talk about there. I don't think we got to tell anybody. 
that that Wayne Gollum isn't going to give you Saquon Barkley numbers. So just boo, it hurts. We'll we'll move on from that one. All right, Rick, Melvin Gordon showed up in the L.A. Chargers locker room today. He gambled, and he lost big time on this one. Had no leverage. Wasn't expected to come back until he had to. I must have saw that. uh, I'm not sure actually what drove him back. I haven't heard anything said yet. So essentially makes Jackson about worthless at this point, I think. Now, week four, not expected to suit up this week, but I imagine he's going to be a full go week five. A lot of panic from Eckler owners out there. How do we think this falls with oh. Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler? Well, sure, you're going to panic as an, or as an Austin Eckler owner because you should. He was, a, he was the backup running back before Gordon left. And kind of like uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, as soon as he comes back, Wayne Gallman is on the bench. Right. I mean, Eckler's not going to be on the bench. Don't don't go that stretch. But he's going back to that secondary status. Gordon's better, and he starts for a reason. Now, this is providing he gets through. He's in good shape. Right. And all this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, we don't know that. Right. Yet. Exactly. But. No, I mean, he's going to go back to being Austin Eckler, probably one of the better backup running backs in the entire league, but he's still going to be a backup. Yeah, no, I do think he still does have standalone value. In fact, the way fantasy running back performances have been to this point, I think he's still an easy number two running back in fantasy right now. I, I don't in a PPR format anyhow. It's possible. I, don't I think, was I was about to say he may go from your RB one to the flex spot, maybe, and he's going to displace somebody out of the flex spot. But yeah, he he still may put up those low end RB two numbers. So because really where he's at right now, being what probably a top five in PPR leagues in scoring. If you look at his yards per carry, you're only looking at a three and a half yard a carry guy when Melvin Gordon's there. Austin Eckler isn't an every down back and as good as his fantasy numbers have been this year he hasn't done anything to change that in that regard. I think he's still that change of pace. I think just based on the volume going down the amount of times he's going to be on the field you know four four receptions running pass patterns is going to go down a little bit. But two things. He's been the heart and soul of that Chargers offense through those first three games. Struggle as it may, reasonable people can disagree. Kind of the numbers are there, but it hasn't looked smooth. So I don't think you just pull him out and he's only your third down back. Oh, There's no, still going to be no, plenty no. for him in a PPR format. He's not a, you know, for three weeks here, he's been a lick em and stick em right in there, RB1. Don't ask the question, sure. don't even think about it. I think he's that in an RB2 now. I think he takes that dip, but I, I still think as poor as it's been top to bottom for fantasy running backs in 2019. I honestly think he's still a no doubt starter every week. Just not, I hope he's yeah. not your one. Well, as as it is right now, he's the third leading scoring back in PPR formats. He's he's ahead of Mark Ingram. He's ahead of Alvin Kamara. He's ahead of Zeke. Um, yeah, them guys and, and a bunch of other guys. Okay, other than McCaffrey and Cook, those are the only two guys he's behind. They're going to pass him up. Okay, right. so, I mean that's the dip you're going to take. He had 400 and. I don't know, this is off the top of my head, but 440 yards, I think, receiving last year, where he's over 200 already in three right. games. That's going to take a dip because Gordon catches some balls out of the backfield. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to drop down, but he always was a guy 
that didn't just sit on people's benches. No, no, he's so uh, he's, he's he's a forget about it flex start. I think he's a forget about it RB too. We can have that debate all day. It doesn't but matter. But he's still going to be playing. Yeah, he, he's going to be playing. And those numbers, those per game numbers, you know, where are they at? Probably around twenty ish fantasy points a game right now. That's going to dip, but I don't think. But maybe five or six points a game. Now, that's significant, but... Well, he's over 25 points a game yeah, right so now. So if you can get 18 points a week out of your RB2 slash flex, I think you'd take that and be happy. So, you know, great great for Melvin Gordon owners who, who held on and waited it out. <clears throat> you know, I, I kind of still take a wait and see when we get into week five, when, when he actually does play, you you know how I feel. We talk about this a lot, that dreaded soft tissue injury with a guy that's been holding out. Hasn't really held true this year, I guess, right? Zeke stepped right in and, and was doing his thing. But I always worry about that. Keep Eckler in your lineups. Don't pay. Now, Jackson, you know, I think I've seen him in some flexes in some deeper leagues. I think he's the one who really pays yeah. the price for the, Not that he's been putting up any numbers, essentially, anyhow, after week No, but one. he's not even really a thought now to no. even stick in as a flex. If you have a bye week on somebody. No, he's a special teams player at this point. All right, Rick. Chris Godwin not practicing due to a hip. Looks to be a true game-time decision. Always that worst when a game out in L.A., 4 o'clock start. Kind of puts you in a rough spot there. That's that's bad news because that, that guy. Now we had the breakout from from Mike Evans last right. week, but boy, Godwin seemed to be, you know, one of those preseason hype guys that have lived up to it to this point. Yeah, no doubt, and and. Yeah, you just don't like to see that because Tampa Bay needs every weapon at their disposal they can have because they can't stop anybody. Jameis Winston's still not – look, he had a nice game, you know, with Evans and so forth in a losing effort, but he's not taking care of the football, and they've got a lot of work to do. They cannot afford to lose somebody like Godwin. What do you think it's like being an NFL kicker? all 5'8", 117 pounds of you, having to walk into an NFL locker room after you miss a 35-yarder that could have won a game. I would just head right to the parking lot in my uniform and my stupid (laughs) kicking shoe. I don't know. It's just amazing how sub-franchises are just jinxed at certain positions, and Tampa Bay, for all the world, cannot find a kicker. How how old could Grammatica really be? Why don't they just bring him back? He's probably only in his 40s. Well, because he tore his up dancing around. <laughs> well, so, that was his brother. That oh, that's was, right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. It was the other. I think it, had, was, it was Bill that did it, right? And Martin yeah, was on. Martin was right. in Tampa Bay. Okay. I, <laughs> still one of the greatest pieces of video <laughs> ever produced. Is that idiot flopping around making an extra point and blowing his knee? <laughs> All right, Julian Edelman expected to play this week after that chest injury. I'm surprised by that one. That, for all the world, looked like when he came off the field. Very similar in reaction into the way he was carrying himself to that Tyreek Hill situation. I honestly thought he was done for a while, but he's practicing, and all word now is he's expected to go. Yeah, and there's there's so many bones that come out of the sternum. You know, whereas Tyreek Hill was that clavicle going into the sternum. I mean, it could have been... You know, just a sternum itself right. or something like I mean, it, very, it could look similar, but unless you really, you know, did something to that joint, 
Yeah, he's probably all right. He's probably, got, he's probably sore. He's all probably right. got a bad br- bone bruise. He'll probably right. be sore for weeks. Yeah, he's a tough dude, though. Yeah, Und- he undersized, is. been going across the middle and getting blowed up for years. So I think he'll be just fine. Uh, Deshaun Jackson out tonight again versus the Packers. This is why those Thursday night games are stupid. I have a feeling he might have been all right to go if this game was on Sunday. Fortunately, it looks like Alshon Jeffrey will play. He's actually been removed from the injury report, which makes me feel better about. It's they've said all week he was going to play, but I was kind of worried it would still be in a limited role. Those right. calf injuries can be tricky. Normally, being removed from the injury report is a pretty good sign that he should be a full go, and God knows they need him. Yeah, there's no question about that. They are going against yet another difficult defense. And um, I'll tell you what, Rick. Did you see the film of Carson Wentz? fed to the wolves while the offensive line stood around <laughs> picking their nose and their butts doing absolutely nothing while he's trying to survive there is something off with that team you think? And, and we're going to get into it later in the show I, I don't know if i have it in my takeaways or in my stinky socks Two great pieces of film come out this week. There was that in the piece of film that made the round on Twitter of that guy who saved those children from the fire. Did you see this? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And they were just throwing children out the window, and I caught them, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the most fit. And it turns out it wasn't shtick. They found, uncovered more video of, it was horrific, really. You know, yeah. if you didn't have the backdrop of this, it was entertaining because of that. People throwing children out the window and this hero catching them. And in after all of that, you're you're a hero. That's got to be the most high stress, the most adrenaline pumping thing this ever this guy's ever been through. And the first thing you could think of is to take a swipe at Nelson Aguilar. That's just fantastic, Philadelphia <laughs> just, man. I mean, send send that man a medal. Give him the key to the city. He should never have to buy another <laughs> beer in Philadelphia again for two reasons: his heroism aside, but then to have this the exactly the mindset to take a swipe. That just fantastic news. Uh, last thing in the headlines, Vance McDonald, iffy with that shoulder injury, Rick. The Steelers trade a fifth-rounder uh, to Seattle for Nick Vanette. We're going to talk about – let's let's wait on the Steelers stuff because I do want to get into that in takeaways. Right. So, so let's do it, Rick. Let's start your week three <clears throat> takeaways. I'll tell you what, Rick. I've got a rather long but only one takeaway. Oh, all right. And basically except for New England and Kansas City and Miami – you know, there's less clarity than there was before week one. From the Steelers' inability to control a game to the Chargers imploding all over themselves to the Lions still undefeated to Atlanta missing golden opportunities, the Browns looking like the Browns, the list goes on and on. You know, I still think the Rams and Vikings are legit in the NFC. I'm actually kind of warming up to Dallas. After watching the entire offensive line that we just mentioned, of the Vikings standing around motionless while Carson Wentz is fed to the Wolves. I can't buy into them at all. Buffalo is undefeated. I find myself not believing in them. And I, I'm waiting on Green Bay to give up 35, but kind of like the Cowboys, I'm starting to warm up to them as well. You know, and the jury's still out on Seattle, Chicago. Okay, you know, the jury's not completely a hung jury on Chicago, Indy, and Houston. I think they're pretty good teams. But everybody else, Seattle, San Francisco, Baltimore, Jacksonville. Rick, my takeaway is I don't know. How about you? It honestly hasn't been, in my opinion, a very entertaining season, right? I'm Seven of the games every week, 
you can almost, although our records on our game picks on Friday wouldn't tell that, but you can almost tell how they're going to go. Kansas City, New England being that dominant is awful. It, it's 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 gotten almost to the point it's stale. <laughs> it really is. You look at Dallas is interesting, right? They they are for right now as you look at them, the way they're moving the ball, the the things they're doing. I know they even struggled in the first half a little bit against Miami last week. Dak Prescott looks like the real deal. You know Zeke got paid and he's feeling good. They're playing defense. You know so many. You look at the NFC. You know, that's the the Rams, I think you always believe in the Rams, what they can do offensively and the, the great defensive line they have specifically. You know, I don't trust Green Bay. Maybe it's just because I'm not used to Green Bay winning defensively, right? I can't get my mind around that. I don't know what's up with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what's up with uh, Devontae. I don't know what's going on with that offense. Yeah, the Lions go into Philly, as I told you last week, if you recall, Rick, the Lions go into Philly and win that football game, albeit a shorthanded Eagles team. The Bears, Trubisky stinks. And the problem with the Vikings is that's a Super Bowl-caliber defense with two Super Bowl-caliber wide receivers and a superhero Hall of Famer, he looks like right now, wide receiver. But you have a quarterback who can't win a big game. And not only can't he win a big game, he can't play like a reasonable quarterback, let alone a $90 million guaranteed quarterback. I have absolutely no faith whatsoever in Minnesota. I was buying into Seattle for a while, right? But then you let the Drew Breesless New Orleans Saints come in and not only beat you, but whack you, but for some just absurdity from Russell Wilson putting that whole city on his shoulders and keeping it even somewhat close. Yeah. I, it, it, it's Dallas and L.A. It is New England and Kansas City, and I think we can cancel the rest of the games that those four aren't involved in at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you look at um... – I mean, New England's given up 17 points in three games. And this is 2019. That's what's scary is those are old Bill Belichick defenses now they look like. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, Buffalo's got a legit defense, but I, I still don't believe the offense. No, they don't have enough. Uh, no, I, I, you know, the, the AFC North, which was considered in preseason one of the toughest divisions of football, I mean, they their record is three and nine. Yeah, yeah no bueno. <laughs> Good job Monday Night Football booking that big Bengals Steelers game this week. <laughs> well, albeit though, at least it's early in the season. This this is a very very important game. If you if you start, uh, Baltimore stumbles. Whoever wins this game is one out of the lead. And I mean, it's you know, true. eight I and guess. eight, nine and seven can be a division winner in this thing. So I mean, you know. That keeps me interested at least for a while in some of these games. You get 10, 11 weeks into the season. Some of these, I mean, stinkers are going to be. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I'd like to know how they, they make those decisions. So let's use that to dovetail into, into my first one, Reagan. We're going we're gonna to homer it up here a little bit with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I watched that game last week. That, I have defended Mike Tomlin and you know, everybody in Pittsburgh – for seven years, you know, because they think it's their birthright to go to the Super Bowl every year. They kind of forget what happened between 1979 and 2005 for whatever reason. I guess there was that one in, what, 90, 95 that they lost. Yeah, to, yeah. But they thought it was their birthright, and Mike Tomlin's got to go. I'm kind of on on board with that now. I don't think Mike Tomlin's a bad coach, but I think it's gotten stale. And their play calling – 
with Ben being out and Mason Rudolph taking over was just flat-out atrocious. Look, I'm not a draft Nick. I don't sit around and watch film. I am in no ways an expert on the X's and O's of football. But here's what I do know. Their two biggest weapons at quarterback and running back. Their running back, James Conner, is a downhill runner. Between the tackles, power runner. So what do these dummies do for three solid weeks now? You put them in the shotgun, put him in as a sidecar, hand him the ball with no momentum, and run him off tackle. Yeah. you That's a fireable offense. Le'Veon Bell, that stuff worked for. All that hesitation, you know, all the, the pundits lost their mind. Look how he hesitates for a half a second. This is unheard of. Well, first of all, lots of good running backs do that. Sure. But he was shifty. He was good in space. James, Con- James Conner's a downhill runner. I watched him play in high school. I watched him play in college. I watched him play in the NFL last year. Everybody knows this except for Randy Feekner, apparently. Everybody else knows this. Mason Rudolph. All the success he had in college. I remember him. I didn't see him a lot, but I saw him a few times. I saw him in person once when he was in college. All the success he had this preseason where he got a little bit of hype was doing what, Rick? Going deep. That's what he does. So what do we do? Grind to the shotgun, wide receiver screen, little dump-offs over the middle. Not until the second half. When you've already given up opportunities on four turnovers in plus territory, do you let him go deep? And what happened when he went deep? Two touchdowns right. and set up a third. Uh, so what 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 they're doing is, is beyond me. Now, I know he got nicked up, but even before he got nicked up, who was when he came in the game against Seattle and almost led them back to a win, who did Mason Rudolph lean on? Vance McDonald put up big numbers in the second half of that game against Seattle. Even before he got hurt, was invisible. I think he had one target. It's like they have no idea what they're doing. And this is that old Mike Tomlin, we're not going to suit what we do to this player. It's next man up. You know, yeah. it's, it's the, the standard next man up. No, you dope. You, you, you've got guys who do different things than the guys that were there before. So you tailor your offense to them. You get in the freaking eye formation and you hand it to James Conner 25 times. You don't hand it to him six times as a sidecar out of the shotgun. You know, you can't go deep all the time. I get it. This ain't Madden. But you let Mason Rudolph take some shots deep. That's what he does. And that's what his favorite target and his favorite target going back to college does best is get deep. You do that. You're running the ball. You're taking the lid off the top. Then you open up the middle of the field for Juju and these guys and Deontay that – this is what they do, right? If I know this and these two clowns don't know it, they all got to go. And Keith Butler should be deported. I ain't even going to talk about that defense. He needs to be arrested and then deported. That's all there is to say about that. I don't understand what they're doing. It's time for a change in Pittsburgh. Well, and you know, by sitting here listening to me bloviate for years, I've never been a huge Mike Tomlin defender. I- I've thought that he lost. I have been. I know, you have. Um, I, and one thing that's really struck me, I don't think Mike Tallman, I, I think Mike Tallman is a, and when they say players coach, I agree with that. I think he kind of, and, and I think Oakland and some of this kind of proved it out a little bit. He massages people, right? you know, like an Antonio Brown and, and keeps things flowing the best he can, but where he's missing the boat is you look at many teams. I just pull one out of the Rams. You know, you got Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator. 
You don't even have to pay any attention to the right. defense. Yeah, nah. Keith Butler, you might as well have that football sitting over there <laughs> being the defensive coordinator. I think the guy is a total boob. Yeah, I, I don't and, understand. And I never could figure out, and it goes all the way back to a couple of years ago when they lost, what was it, 45-42 in, in the semifinals to the Jacksonville Jaguars. At home. At home. Keith Butler keeps his job, and Todd Haley loses his job. They score 42, give up 45, and the guy that gives up 45 keeps his job. The guy that scores 42 loses his job. Let's not forget, in the National Football League playoffs, on your home field, you let Blake Bortles put up 45 on you, and this ass clown is still here. Yeah, so exactly. At this point, then it was his fault. Now it's Tomlin's fault. Oh yeah, simple as that. No doubt. I, I agree. I am not a defender of, of any of them. I, I do not like his personnel uh, choices whatsoever. And you know, I thought he lost control of the whole situation last year. And you know me, I was excited <laughs> coming into this year. I thought, okay, maybe things are smooth. And it just doesn't look like there's anything. There's nothing new happening. Like you said, it's stale. There's nothing innovative. There's nothing happening. And there's no excitement on that team no, at no. all. None. And, and then that's kind of the takeaway. Look, you could forgive a lot of this, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger being out for the last game and a half. Going back to last season, this team is 2-7 and seven yeah. in their last nine games. Ben Roethlisberger started – seven and a half of those games, right. and they're still two and seven. There's something more wrong there. We can't say from what we saw in a game and a half with Ben Roethlisberger even, you can't say what happened last week would have been any different with Ben Roethlisberger. It was the same rotten play calling, the same the only time we throw deep is on third and half a yard. It's just right. this nonsense that they do. It's, it's, just, it's time for a change. I think the – you you can see from the moves they are making, right, that they fully expect and they must have some type of firm commitment that Ben Roethlisberger will be back. So you go out and you give up the first rounder for Minka Fitzpatrick. You bring in the backup tight end. They are building this team to win now. I think fully cognizant of the fact you're not going to win now with Mason Rudolph as your quarterback. But Ben Roethlisberger said, you know, I've got three more years left on my deal. I plan to honor that. So as an organization, if you're building that team to win now, then you got to get this leadership out of here. you got to get somebody in there who can work with Ben Roethlisberger, who can improve that deep. They've got athletes all up and down that defense. Seven guys who would be stars anywhere yeah. else, I honestly believe I mean, I've that. said it. I've tweeted it. He has done so little with so much. Right, exactly. It's unbelievable. I, I, I agree. And and I still see these these pundits and whatever you call them. Jackasses? Well, besides that, something Knicks or whatever. Draft Knicks. Yeah, Draft Knicks. Defending it, well, there's many more worse coaches out there. And so, yeah, but you know what? There's better coaches out there, right. too. Yeah, and yeah, they that. would love to, to have the Pittsburgh Steelers knowing that you have a legitimate shot. Yeah, that's a dumb argument because there are many worse podcast hosts than us, and yeah. you still ain't going to see us on ESPN anytime. So that, <laughs> that argument doesn't mean <laughs> jack. That, that's stupid. Exactly. It's just, I, I could go on about that forever. Rick, another one that I keep – the RB usage this year, we get it back to fantasy football, okay. continues to confound me. 
when you look at these numbers up and down, how little Carrion Johnson, David Montgomery, even David Johnson and Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle, how infrequently they are touching the football. Just carry numbers are down, usage numbers are down, and everywhere but Carolina and Dallas, it feels like. Montgomery's the one who blows me away. All he does is get big yards and make plays and look elusive every time he touches the ball, and that dope Nagy won't give him the ball Well, and the thing, about, the thing about Chicago and Montgomery is, uh, Rick, is, okay, on the surface you say, you know, they're not using David Montgomery. But if you drill down deeper, Tariq Cohen's not being used either. No. He's putting up nothing. No. I mean, he is putting up nothing. And – you know, well, they're two and one, but but Trubisky just does not look good. No, nah, I thought um, he was going to take a step forward this year. He took a big step back. Yeah, he's now, worse unless than he was his rookie unless year. he starts maturing and starts advancing as he goes, they're going to have a rough time. Because I tell you what, no matter what you say, you you got to have Aaron Rodgers with a good defense. They've got a lot to say about the division. You can say what you want about Kirk Cousins, but they've got that de- defense well. They're both better than Trubisky is oh, right now. As bad as Cousins is playing. Right. You know, and you know, go up to Detroit, look at Carry on Johnson. You know, something got very little fanfare. CJ Anderson gets cut, and you remember week one how much he cut into that workload. In the back of your head, you think, all right, now the shackles are off. It's the Carry on Johnson show, which we all kind it's of Detroit. expected in the offseason. He's just not getting anywhere near the football. Now, Sony Michelle, you can chalk that up to the weird New England thing. As soon as I start him in our league of consequence every week, Rick, I can't bring myself to bench him because the week you bench him, what's going to happen? He's going to get 45 carries. He's going to look like 1955 out there one week. That's New England. I can understand. But just across the board, David Johnson's hardly touching the ball. There's so many guys. It, it, it's confounding to me. I guess is the league just changing that much that well, everything's in the spread and we're throwing the ball around and that's that? Not really. I don't think so. You look at um, – I mean, you brought up New England. It's a, it's a good point, but – you know the leading the leading rusher in fantasy score on New England is Rex Burkhead right now. Well, you still have Michelle and you still have James White, right? So that doesn't surprise me. Johnson doesn't really surprise me all that much because it's Detroit. Marlon Mack still a bell cow. I mean, right. David Johnson, he's a surprise. They should be pounding. Why that is ball he not him. between rushes and and catches? Why is David Johnson on that team with that young quarterback not touching the ball twenty five times a game? I can't. You can give me. You know, we blamed it on the coaching staff last year. Now you blow them out, of there and you bring in this offensive genius and David Johnson standing over there holding your co- cup of coffee. I, I don't. I don't get it. Well, to defend that a little bit. Arizona is what o two and one, but it really hasn't been on the offense. No, no, you know. So I mean, Kyler Murray's been a nice to little that, surprise I mean, to I, me. I'm I'm like you. I would l- utilize him more, but what do I know? We're sitting here talking on these microphones. So well, they're nice microphones. <laughs> they're great microphones. But I think I'll tell you what. It makes the argument, and I'm not going to be the only cat. I am going to be that guy, Rick, starting next summer and all the way through next draft season. I'm going to be the no RB guy. You, know, you essentially did it this year in the, in the caveman. Yeah. League. That's where the league is going right now. You know, obviously, your McCaffrey's, your 
Cook. Your Ezekiel Elliott, your Dalvin Kamara. Cook. Now, yeah. and that's the funny thing. You look at Minnesota, that's the complete opposite side of it, right? Right. You, you got Stephon Diggs, you got Adam Thielen, and they're you know they're running student body left 48 times a game. They're not even going to let Kirk Cousins screw this up for him at this point as long as Cook's running the ball that way and that defense is playing that way. That's the right way to go. They're, they're kind of like the one anomaly, right? Out there on an island, they're doing that while everybody else, it looks like Big 12 Saturday night football every week. Delvin Cook, 454 all-purpose yards already. And I don't know how they've held him to that. When you see him, he looks so explosive coming off that knee injury. My yeah. God, does he look explosive. He does. He really does. So, last thing I have, Rick, my boy Darwin Thompson, who I've been holding on to for dear life, I think it's time to cut bait. If last week he only touches the ball two times, he appears to just have no value. All that preseason hype, you know, Andy Reid said all the right things. You have Damian Williams go down. You have McCoy nicked up. You know That looked like a New England game. McCoy's nicked up. He's a game time. The field's sloppy. He's going to get a couple carries. What, do you have 17 touchdowns or something? Yeah. You know, and Daryl Daryl Williams, for God's sake, and Derwin Thon just chilling on the sidelines. Time to cut bait for him. Yeah, no doubt about that preseason hype, man. I wasn't buying into it right off the bat. I thought something really clicked when they picked up McCoy. Right. You know, everybody was talking about Thompson, 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 and they all said, ah, we're going to pick up Shady. Yeah, they know something. I don't yeah, know. You you're know. right. You're right. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time, Rick. Game balls and stinky socks, I will let you start this show, Richard. Well, because I am so positive. Well, that that is what you're known for. My boy, Russell Wilson. How about it, huh? Yeah, single-handedly in our League of Consequence, snatch defeat away from well, I believe my the, opponent. The rest of your roster averaged 4.2 points, and he had 812. Yeah, other than, uh, what was it, Larry Fitzgerald mm-hmm. there and, and Greg Olson. It was, yeah. it was a three-man you show. get all those touchdowns out of Greg Olson, for God's That's my sake. boy, Greg. <laughs> You'll never give up on him. No. That... I don't know, 406 yards, two touchdowns, another 51 yards rushing, and another two touchdowns. And 32 for 50, Russell Wilson gets a beautiful silver. Oh, wow. Game ball. So you're, you made it silver? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. That's very nice. All right, I'll. Ball goes I'll go with you. It's got to go to my boy, Rick Daniel Jones. 336, two touches, two rush touchdowns. This just makes me so happy. I don't know if he can keep this up. You take Saquon Barkley out. This is a rotten team. You don't get to play that Tampa Bay defense every week. But I just wish we had the ability. Somebody could tabulate the information and go find all those a-holes posting video of themselves on Twitter throwing their TVs out the window and freaking out and babies crying and draft Nick screaming how awful this was, how stupid this was. And he had that preseason and they got a little quiet. Then he comes out in his first opportunity and he does this. Bam! Good for you. They'll never admit it to say, I was all over. The argument now is, I never said you shouldn't take Daniel Jones in the first round. It was using that number six pick versus (laughs) the number 18 pick. They could have had him at the number 18 pick. You don't know that, (laughs) a-hole. Just like you didn't know he was going to come out and do this look he might be awful awful hereafter but this game alone put it in a time capsule and just take it around and start shoving it up all the 
jerks noses. It just makes me feel so good. Not that you can attack the organization all you want if you disagree, but they personally attacked this kid. Yeah, they did. It, it was gruesome. I mean, and I still hope that kid's out in the rain delivering paper somewhere that was yelling at him at oh, that preseason yeah, game. Yeah, I but, uh, no, I, I agree with you. And, and nobody deserves it more than he does. And I am so glad that uh, they got a win on top of it. Right. Even though they lost Barkley, I mean, things could be a little different with uh, Goldman back there. Yeah. You don't have that scary figure back there. But, um, you know, fortunately he's going against Washington. I think he has a chance to put up some more decent numbers. Yeah, so. yeah I, mean, I mean, I think you absolutely moved the ball. The the other thing I just want to throw out, maybe give a stinky sock to all the people who made this happen, but as all that was going on, did you catch what the number one trend on Twitter was? And this was in the news for two days. No. It was Eli Manning showing support for Daniel Jones after he throws his first touchdown. So Daniel Jones goes to the sidelines, Eli gives him a fist pound, and the entire football-watching community loses their mind. That is so classy. That is so good. What are you talking about? This is what they do. If he'd have thrown an interception, he'd have gave him the same fist pound. Half the people want to say everything Eli Manning did up until two weeks ago is meaningless, and he should be imprisoned for being the worst quarterback to ever Play. Exactly, or he's mother freaking Teresa because he high fived Daniel Jones. Everybody, shut up! Leave this guy alone. I got news for you, Eli Manning. Whatever you think about his numbers and this that, he's a professional, right? Exactly, and he is a New York Giant. He's not going to do anything to disparage the the team, and he is going to be you know, a teammate until called upon again. And it's not news. No, it's not news because, hey, he's – Peyton's brother. He's Archie's kid. Right. What the hell do you expect? Yeah. Yeah, if do you Jay- think he's going to be standing there or sitting over on the end of the bench like Deshaun Jackson right. and nobody, you know, people trying to talk to him and he just looks away? No. Yeah. If Jalen Ramsey high fives a guy. on his jersey for yeah. a reason. Yeah, and that man of the year patch, too. Look, yeah. if Jalen Ramsey high fives the guy who replaces him, maybe that's news. Pretty much no one else in the league after him and you brought up Deshaun Jackson. Beyond that, just shut up. Leave it alone. Exactly. I think that's the theme of the show today. Just shut up. Just shut up. That's great. I love it. So what are we doing? Socks or balls? Right, whatever you want. It's your turn. I think we will stay with... Ball goes Ooh, down. you are in a good mood today. Oh, man. I tell you. 16 carries, 103 yards, three touchdowns. Another four catches for 32 receiving yards. Mark Ingram destroyed it, man. We have not talked enough or at all about Mark Ingram and how good he has been in Baltimore so far. I, he is. I mean, he's he's ran like a monster. And, you know, I think things are really um, coming to light. I, sh- you know, I guess is the best word for it. And I was probably suckered into it a little bit too in the, in the off season when Ingram left and went to Baltimore, and um, New Orleans picked up Latavius Murray. Well, that's your boy. Great. Well, I like Latavius that's Murray. Don't I mean. get me wrong, but I'll tell you what. After watching so far this season, I mean, it is you can just tell that that Ingram Kamara duo was because of Ingram and Kamara. Right. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't it's, New Orleans. No, it's not going to be Kamara 
and Murray. It's just not the same caliber of player. No, certainly not. No. And, I mean, it's, it's quite evident that, and Ingram has really given that offense a spark. Yeah, and I have to be honest. I, I missed on I missed on Mark Ingram. You know, I thought he would be fine, but I picked up a lot of Justice Hill shares like so many other people, and – you know, really was surprised by what he's doing. But what he's done has become kind of the perfect balance in that offense, allowing some balance to it, allowing Lamar Jackson to stay in the pocket and not have Lamar Jackson be the be the running game as well. You know, we had that in week two where he got over a hundred yards. But, you know, really surprising to me. Just, well, what do you got going on over there? I can't watch you bobble around oh, anymore. You just I got, talk. I'm, I got a, I got I'm getting a, a low battery oh. uh, indicator on my screen here, and I was just why, trying to check the cord. Why don't you plug it in? Well, why would looking at the soundboard fix your low battery issue? You just talk. <laughs> well, I'm done I talking. Mean, all you do uh, is talk. Let's all sit back and listen. I'm going to turn the gain up and listen to all. Oh, this ought to be fun. I wish you were on video to get Rick Briggs to try to find the power. It's on the other side there, brain surgeon. See, it even told me I was wrong. Now, let's see you work that one out. This is going to be fun. I want to put it in the slot that it looks like, just like how you had your kids. They'll match up perfectly. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, I can hear it. You're getting close. You got it. Oh, now he's ripping the whole studio apart. Are you good now? Well, yeah, but I have a cord that doesn't reach, so is, is now it, it's just kind of like, you know, it's all it, tangled up. Hold on. Let me help See, you. See, I mean, if Alejandro hadn't left his high and dry, well, I, everything would have been squared if away. you need a producer to charge your iPad, maybe yeah. you're in the wrong business. Everything should be right That's here a, at my fingertips I give you a stinky sock for that behavior. But I'm also going to give one Rick to one Baker Mayfield. 195 (laughs) yards, touchdown, a pick, negative yards rushing. I'll tell you what, this is, you know, two things. A victim of the hype, right? I don't think you could ever live up to that hype. So you'd almost feel for him a little bit. But he is just out there running his yap every chance he gets. And he's going around, and he's he's nervous in the pocket. You saw it at the end of at the end of the game on, on Sunday night, where the pocket is still there, and he's getting out quick and putting his receivers in bad situations. All of this would be fine. He's a young quarterback. He's exciting. He's going to be good, I think, it eventually. Right. But him out, and a lot of it wasn't his fault. A lot of hype just from everybody. But out there running his yap nonstop, and he's still doing it. So for hit for that, he gets just one of those gnarly with the garlic and all the nonsense you say, one of those stinky socks. You know, and you hit on a really good point. You look at um, what he did in that game. Like you said, he was really running around in the pocket. He just looked like he had happy feet. And um, he had, you just take like Jarvis Landry, three catches on nine targets. But I tell you what, probably about four or five of those targets put Jarvis Landry in peril. And, you know, they were, you know, Beckham was a little different because he was burning down the sideline most of the time. But, you know, the possession guys, he was, and let's face it, Najoku was a possession tight end. He'd buy with a broken wrist. Right. Yeah. You know, you can't afford to let these these guys get their blocks knocked off for some six yard crossing pattern every time. He was hanging them out to dry, and the, and the passes weren't really on the button. He's trying to force them in there. And he's got to get either, A, better vision 
in better timing or you know throw it away right you know and, and live to fight another play yeah stay in the pocket i'd start with that but you know this isn't uncommon so like i said where my vitriol comes from is him and all those troglodytes in cleveland running their yaps for the last seven months leading up to this year we see this so often where a guy with that kind of skill set and that fiery personality comes out early on, you know, when nobody's got a lot of film on them and it, it's all new and kind of lights the world on fire. And then all of a sudden, when it becomes the everyday, you start to regress a little bit and you have to learn how to be a real pro quarterback. What he is right now is where I'll admit where I've obviously made a big mistake so far, at least in the offseason, on Lamar Jackson is what's happening to him is what I thought was going to happen to Lamar Jackson. Because we've seen it happen to so many of those types of quarterbacks in the past where you rely on getting outside of the pocket and making things happen with your legs and and all of that. I thought this is what was going to happen to Lamar Jackson. You're seeing it with Baker Mayfield, and you know Baker Mayfield doesn't in any way have the wheels that Lamar Jackson has. No, But but if you look back on it last year, he's that kind of guy. He likes to get outside. He's actually looking like he wants to be more than a pocket passer, whereas Jackson... In fact, he actually came out just today. I like throwing passes right. a lot better than running yeah, it's for It's a lot him. less hits, so that's a pretty, pretty good stance to take. But you see it, and they showed some video this week of Baker Mayfield running out of good pockets. He didn't have to right. scramble. It was going to break down, but he had another second, second and a half. And look, these are just mistakes young quarterbacks make. But if you're going to run your yap, and he's still doing it, you're not taking a swing at Rex Ryan, he, he, needs, to, he needs to cover his ears because he hears all this criticism, any criticism, and he right. will address it and he will take it to task. And it's just these things have a funny way of working themselves out. Kind of the downfall of Ocho Cinco's careers when he started calling everybody. I did something about that, whether it's motivation for other people, whether it's distraction for that player. I don't know what it is. He needs to plug his ears, shut his yap. He's going to go through through some growing pains. Every I never bought into you didn't either. This is a ten and six, nine and seven playoff team. They're going to have struggles even with all that talent. So again, going back to the theme, Baker, just shut up. There you go. All right. Yeah, three fumbles in a row. I mean, three games in a row with a fumble. Yeah, Chris Carson, man. I mean, hold on to the football. Fifteen rushes, fifty-three yards, no touchdowns. And another fumble lost. I mean, fumble fingers has to hold on to this football. Right. It is ridiculous. You cannot afford to keep coughing up that football. And he is running the ball so well, but he can't hold on to the thing. And you just worry. You know, who was it? Tiki Barber went through that early in his career. Yeah, he did. And he kind of got over it. Who was the other guy in New York? I remember we did almost an entire show oh, on yeah. it. yeah. Yeah, he fumbled once in week one, and he was never seen again. Coughlin's I, I, on I think Coughlin yeah. had him killed because not only did he not play again, he was never seen again yeah. I, we ought to look it into was this. right before paul perkins i think yeah, came I cannot, I think, but yeah i cannot think paul perkins yeah remember paul perkins he was there a couple years ago he's with um uh who's he with this year now like minnesota or somebody i think you know some you know bench rider but um i cannot remember that running back but anyway chris carson has to hold on to the football seattle we were buying into it that first uh, the first week. David couple, Wilson. David Wilson. David yep, Wilson. That, that was he it. might yep. be dead. He might. He was never seen again. You're absolutely right. 
And, and we may not see Chris Carson if Penny gets healthy and he keeps fumbling the ball away. Right, yeah, and, and that's the thing. And he looks so good running the ball. That's the hard part. I'm going to stay on this side of things. Look, I don't know that he necessarily deserves it, but I'm going to give one to Zach Ertz just to have the conversation. Four for 64, and I'm going to put him in a bucket with a guy on another team, on a team he's playing right now as you're listening to this show probably, Devontae Adams. Both of these guys, they, they've been aight, right? But Zach Ertz, four for 64, numbers just really down this year. I know he's taken a lot of doubles. Just seems to be something missing in that game. There's something missing in Philadelphia altogether. Uh-huh. It just the, none of Carson Wentz does not look good. The offensive line isn't good. Whatever they won't give you talk about running back usage, you know, Jordan Howard, you know, he shouldn't be getting 25 touches a game, but he should be getting a hell of a lot more than he is. I don't think that offense is being managed very well, and I think the biggest price being paid right now is Zach Ertz. And then you hear those reports earlier in the week that they were using him in packages to ship to Jacksonville to bring in Jalen Ramsey. You don't know if that's true or not, but if that is, is there something going on with Zach Ertz? I I don't know. That's really odd. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, there's something – a miss in in yeah. Philadelphia. There's no question about that. I don't know if there's some sort of internal strife building that we don't know about. If it's just crummy coordinating or, or play calling, like like we were talking about in Pittsburgh earlier. I don't know, but I tell you what, they need to right the ship too, or it could get out of control yeah. real quick. Yeah, I'm going to stay right on that one. Yeah. yeah and I'm not going to say so much. This is just something to talk about. I'm not so sure that. He is deserving of the stinky sock because he caught all three of his targets in the last game. But the point is, he was targeted three times. He's got six catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown a year. Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Minnesota is just not throwing the football. And, right. and they're 2-1. and one. I, I can't say enough that how well they're playing, but I still think that they're going to have to mix it up over a season here to keep winning. I mean, I just don't think that you can have Kirk Cousins throwing the ball nine or ten times a game and actually think, okay, this is the way it's going to stay all season long. Yeah, I mean, at some point, good as Dalvin Cook is, teams are going to sell out against the run, and they're going to be able to take that one away. You know, it, it seemed pretty clear, you know, that, Thielen was the preferred target for Kirk Cousins when Kirk Cousins got there. And that's fine. But Stephon Diggs played a big role. He has no role in this offense. I don't know if it's just the going back to the 1950s that they're doing up there in Minnesota and they're just flat isn't enough to go around when you're only throwing the ball a dozen times a game. There isn't much to go around. Stephon Diggs is a dynamic, dynamic playmaker. And here's, the I think, the other thing. He's a guy, I believe... I don't know that I want to put him on diva wide receiver territory, but he's an outspoken guy. He's a charismatic guy. He's going to, you know, he's got some endorsements. He's going to want his touches. And if this keeps up, I could see this thing getting a little bit ugly. Now, what I'm curious about, curious, why why did I say it like that? Curious about, what I'm curious about is, is this short term game planning? Is this an absolute distrust of a quarterback? You back the Brinks truck up to? I don't know what it is, but they they need as good as that defense has been, 
as well as the offense has played in terms of the running game and Adam Thielen, they have got to figure something out. Or I don't believe this is a championship-worthy team. I, they're going to struggle. You know, We'll talk about it tomorrow night when we do the predictions playing Chicago. I mean, you just have no faith. You're not going to be able to go in there and pound Dalvin Cook, I don't think, against that Chicago Bears front. You're going to have to put some faith in this quarterback. And then if you made a mistake, you're going to have to start looking elsewhere. I think Stephon Diggs could start to become a problem in that locker room if this trend continues. I agree. And, I mean, you're talking about a guy that had 102 catches and a what, 1,025 yards, something like that last year, right. nine touchdowns, on top of Adam Thielen, who had over 100 catches right. and, and even more yards. So I don't think that it, you can attribute this to distrusting Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I think it's well – Kirk Cousins get the ball down the field. Right. He can get the ball to these guys. He'll just going to throw a back-breaking pick when you're up Perhaps. three in the fourth quarter. Perhaps. Well, then you run to Delvin Cook, right? Right, yeah. I mean, you would think. Yeah. yeah. Something, so, something's a miss here. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't think it's going to last. I think you're going to find, and to your point, I think you're going to find it somewhere along the line with Green Bay as well. Aaron Rodgers can't just keep throwing for 200 yards a game and hope that defense yeah. holds everybody to 16, 17 points. Yeah, I got a hard time buying that one. I really do. All right, I got one more, Rick, here. I'm going to take it back to the positive. I'm going to give a game ball to scary Terry McLaurin. Once again, six catches, 70 yards, and a touch. You know, there's bigger numbers out there I could have given this game ball to, but he's doing this in a rotten offense, and he is the guy. He's the man on this offense. Here's what I want to bring up with this, and really the reason I give him this game. If you guys can see the theme, sometimes we give these awards (laughs) just to discuss other things. Exactly. We are, what, Rick, three weeks away from Dwayne Haskins taking over this team. I if, think if that. He's going to go this week, then they play New England the next week. I don't think you throw the rookie to the Wolves against New England. Then I, I could be wrong. I think there's a buy in there. The way it times up, you get on the other side of New England, then the season's lost. They're going to be 0-5 at that point, 0-6 at that point, whatever it is. It's time to go ahead. Great, Yeah, great play. I just pulled the schedule up. Yeah, maybe you don't throw him to New England, but the next week you play the Dolphins. Right. It might be a nice start place for him yeah, to start. Nice soft place to land. Is Terry McLaurin succeeding based on, while he hasn't been spectacular, which nobody expected him to be, Case Keenum has been kind of a good professional quarterback, right? They're not moving the ball out. They certainly can't finish. They're not scoring. But Case Keenum hasn't been bad. He's been fine. So is he a product of that, and do you see a big dip with Haskins? Do you maybe see a leap forward? Does it stay the same? I guess I'm going to answer my own question. If it's me, Dynasty League, obviously not, but in a redraft league, I'm selling McLaurin right now when I think this is the high watermark for him this and the next week or so. Yeah, I agree. Um, Look, Case Keenum, like you said, uh, I'm going to pull him up here. He is only – what, 200 yards behind Patrick Mahomes yeah, he's in, been, in passing. He's, been he's, got, he's got over 900 yards passing, seven touchdowns, three picks. I mean, nothing really wrong with that at all. Dak Prescott, 920 yards, nine touchdowns, two picks. Very similar and a much better team. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to throw anything on Keenum right now. But it is interesting that he's not practicing and, you know, it's almost kind of like – well, he's been dealing with a foot, but they expect him to play. 
I just think, look, they're going to be 0-5 after the New England game. There, there's just no question in my mind. Then you go. So the season they have a over. shot at the Giants this week. Yeah, I'm just saying they okay. have a shot at the Giants. Going to lose New England. Now, now you're one and four. You beat Miami. You're two and four. Um, then what do you do? Okay, here say you're the you're Gruden and you're two and four, and now you have you're at home with San Francisco. Do you go with Keenum to try to get to three and four? Um, if if they can get to two and four, this game might this week against the Giants might decide it all. It if, might. I think they're going to lose to the Giants. Spoiler alert for tomorrow. Tomorrow. Good tomorrow, Lord, boy. I tell I you, cannot talk Alvin Kamara. Kamara and tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Giants win that game, then you know they're going to lose by 60 to New England. They're going to be 0-5. I think that's when the move gets made. Your point's well taken. If they somehow win this game against New York, already assuming the loss to New England, maybe you let them start against Miami. But I honestly think they're going to be sitting at 0-5 taking on Miami. At that point, it's the perfect spot to, to bring in the rookie. The season's over. I think Gruden might be gone sometime in November, December. Anyhow, I think you just start to see the complete overhaul yeah because you get through you get through the miami game you're at home against san francisco then you go to minnesota you go to buffalo then you have a bye and then you have the jets the lions at carolina at green bay the eagles and the giants i mean you know four games at tops there's not many wins on that list with case keenum so why not give the kid a shot you don't start him against new england he might he might never be seen this could be a 2 and 14 team easily i I think at this point it very well could be all right so sell terry mclaurin that's my advice right there all right all right anything else are we gonna shut her down for the night go watch some football oh we done for the night huh well you got something else we can do that well let's see I have oh, to go through all oh, my prep. <laughs> you've got to stop doing this. Go, go back uh, to the, nap, the cocktail napkins, please. <laughs> oh, one thing. Well, no, I guess we we will be picking tomorrow. So, oh yeah, we do have to pick tonight's game, Rick. That that's, that's an excellent yes. point. We've got to pick that. So it's coming in. We are recording this at six forty-one p.m. Eastern as we make these picks. Just in. in uh, full disclosure. So the Eagles plus four and a half, getting four and a half heading into Lambeau, taking on the Packers. And I actually think that this game is going to open up a little bit, Rick. I, I know Green Bay's defense is pretty stingy, but I like I like Green Bay. I, I'm going Green Bay 31, Philadelphia 24. I, th- I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have to open up a little bit. That defense is pretty tough. Philadelphia throw a few points on it. It may even be junk time, but I'm going to have Green Bay by a touchdown. Yeah, I don't know if I'm still in pre my preseason mode and my mindset of the Philadelphia Eagles. I am swayed by as meaningless as these things should be. They tend to pan out. Doug Peterson, 6-0, 5-0, looking to go 6-0, or 6-0, looking to go 7-0 on Thursday nights. For whatever reason, this Eagles team, he just went to the USB drive again. I cannot <laughs> believe what I am seeing anymore. 
You just have to quit. Stay your train of thought. Well, Stay how can the I, course. I'm sitting here. The only thing I can see is your big dumb head, and it's bad enough in, in trying to talk. And you're over there flailing around, pulling cords out of the wall, and you're pulling a you 90 year old man pulling USB drives. This is two weeks in a row pulling <laughs> that thing out of your pocket. What could possibly be on there? Do you have the launch codes for nuclear <laughs> missiles? What the hell are you doing over just there? Just have. I just have. And I'm trying to give this great hot take so <laughs> our listeners can actually make money now that you're done gum flapping uh-huh. over there giving them nonsense about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers going to not stink all of a sudden. Anyhow, Eagles win this thing outright. <laughs> I'm going to take the four and a half points. I got the Eagles tonight 27-20. <laughs> Alright, for the love of God, is there anything on that flash drive that needs to be discussed in this show or can we go home? I guess we'll just go home then. Thank if that's God. what you're going to be. Oh, is there something on there If that's for this the show? way you're going to be, we'll just go home. Well, wh- why do you came in here the last two weeks with 72 pieces of paper, you know, presumably stolen from somewhere, <laughs> and yet it's never enough. You have to pull up with this secret information <laughs> off the flash drive. What's on there? Well, <laughs> why don't you print that page, whatever it is, two weeks in a row with this? Well, I was just, you know, sometimes you just have to, um, you know. Just we're going home. Oh, we're done. So we're, I don't ever get to find out what's. All right, man, that's shit over. <laughs> Who was that again? Uh, I don't know. You interviewed him. Was it the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Uh, oh God, my mind just went. Blind. I can't even remember. Right, well, listen tomorrow. We'll tell you when we figure out. <laughs> All right, I'm getting out of here. God bless it. The stupid flash drive has ruined the show for me. But for you, I believe it's you that's ruining the show. <laughs> And, and your little temper tantrums because I actually am prepared. I always used to get clobbered for not being prepared. Now I'm prepared. I get clobbered even worse. Your preparation's making the show. And I have a, some really nice stories. All too. right. Well, listen tomorrow for whatever was on the flash drive. Check it out. A quick 24-hour turnaround. Thanks for joining us at Asylum Football on Twitter. AsylumFootball at gmail.com. Still time to be part of the mailbag. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. Hate this show.